You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. We don't need a name. We're a team. Your, your name is Team. You're on a tight leash too, bro. Wayne Haskins. Mr. Glass, Carson Wentz and his offense. Prime time. Damn. Yeah, I love your optimism. I had to get a tall boy for the event. The New York football giants. Deep sleep. Deep, bro. Al Michaels is showing up to work. Nate Solder, get your ass in the building. <laughs> Dude, you should see B. Wills' face right now. He's so giddy. Appreciate being a part of your show, guys. Yes, sir. That was as great as I thought it could be. <laughs> Welcome back, and thank you all for listening to a very special free agent frenzy edition of the NFC East Feast. As always, it's your host, B. Wills, and I had to come to you guys. It's been too long. I've missed you. I hope you've missed me too. I just wanted to catch everybody up on what has been the craziest offseason of all time. Maybe I'm a victim of recency bias, but I cannot remember so much movement in the league in such a short period of time. I feel like the entire landscape of the NFL has changed since the Super Bowl, which was just maybe, what, six weeks ago? We've had franchise quarterbacks like Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson change their address. Um, But of course, as always, today we're going to focus on the NFC East and all of the different comings and goings and new faces in new places in our division. Uh, We're going to talk about the New York Football Giants, the Philadelphia Eagles, my Dallas Cowboys, and last but not least, the Washington Commanders. That's right, guys. They're not the Redskins. They're not the football team, as I had hoped they would remain. They are the Commanders, much to the dismay of my partner, GVR. I know he's not a fan of the new name. Um, if you guys would, would please do me a favor, and uh, to cheer him up, uh, send him a nice message. Uh, he's actually getting married this weekend, so I, I will be uh, headed down to Miami for the festivities here um, in just 72 short hours. But send him a congratulations. The, the big guy's getting hitched, and uh, we miss you, and we love him very much. Uh, I'm hoping to get George back on the pod in April with our NFL draft expert, Mr. C.T. Hamilton, and we'll do exactly what we did last year. Uh, we're going to do a little mock draft. We'll probably do a three-round mock draft uh, for all four teams in the East. Um, the Eagles got three first-round picks. The um, Giants, excuse me, have two first-round picks. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of uh, these top-tier uh, college athletes are going to come to the NFC, East, which is very exciting. But let's dive right into these free agents, guys. I want to start with a team that had a complete facelift and I believe is doing it the right way, and that is the New York Football Giants. They have cherry-picked the Buffalo Bills organization, which is a very good idea because the Buffalo Bills have been very successful uh, the past few seasons. Their new general manager came from the Buffalo Bills front office. His name is Joe Shane, I believe you pronounced it. It looks like Showman on paper. I believe it's Shane. We'll go with that. He's going to be running uh, the front office. And the new head coach was the Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator, uh, Brian Dable. He comes over to be the head coach of the Giants. The Giants have had 
a murderer's row of awful head coaches these past few years. I'm sorry, Giants fans, from Ben McAdoo, or I like to call him Ben Much to Do About Nothing, Pat Shermer, um, and, and more recently, Joe Judge. Um, so I think, though, that the buck stops with Brian Dable. I think he is going to turn this franchise around. I think he's a brilliant offensive mind. He's been credited with the progression of Josh Allen, who is now considered one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. So I think with those additions, um, the Giants are on the right track. Now, it sounds like they're going to stick with Daniel Jones as their starting quarterback. Daniel Jones, I think, will fit in Brian Dable's system only because he has some similarities to Josh Allen. He's big and he's mobile. He doesn't have that cannon arm that Josh has. Um, and, of course, I'm not trying to say that, that Daniel Jones and Josh Allen are that comparable, but I think that he has some of the same traits and that this new regime is going to give Daniel Jones every chance that he can have. You know, this is, this is, uh, this is it for him. So uh, I, th- I believe he'll have the starting job at least at the beginning of training camp and into preseason. But if... If he gets sloppy with the football, as he so often has in the first few seasons of his young NFL career, they have signed Tyrod Taylor, quarterback from the Houston Texans. I'm sure you're all familiar with Tyrod. This guy's bounced around the league. He uh, most recently um, was on Houston last year, and although Houston was trying to tank, Tyrod still made plays. I'm a big fan of Tyrod Taylor. He led the Bills to the playoffs a couple years ago before Josh Allen was the starter. He was the starter on the Chargers a couple years ago before the poor guy had his lung punctured accidentally, which gave way to Justin Herbert. We all know how that story ended. So Tyrod just bounced around the league, and he's he's that dude. He's good enough to start and win games in this league. He's proven that. So Daniel Jones, I think you're going to have a little bit of a leash, but if he messes up, I don't think that the Giants are going to wait too long to put Tyrod Taylor under center. Um you're going to notice a lot of these names that the Giants have signed, guys. They're all from Buffalo, much like their head coach and new general manager. They uh, just signed yesterday Matt Breida. A n- nice running back piece uh, comes over from Buffalo. They also signed John Feliciano. He is a, an offensive guard from the Bills. Very talented guard. So he's going to come over and immediately establish this Giants offensive line. That was a weakness last year. They also got uh, Robert Foster. He's a wide receiver from Buffalo. They've added another nice offensive uh, lineman, Mark Glowinski. He's an offensive guard from the Colts. As you guys know, the Indianapolis Colts have had one of the best offensive lines in football the past couple years, so that's going to be a big addition for them. They stole Ricky Seals-Jones from the Washington Commanders. Um, You guys will probably remember, I think this was a Thursday night game last year. Uh, Heineke led the Commanders, at the time they were the football team, of course, um, to a late fourth quarter comeback. He hits Ricky Seals-Jones in the corner of the end zone. They beat the Giants. Seals-Jones is a big, athletic tight end. And I want to talk about now that leads me to the players the Giants have lost because they're going to need him because I thought they were strong at tight end last year with Evan Ingram and, uh, of course, Kyle Rudolph, who they signed. Excuse me. They're both gone now. Evan Ingram was signed by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville Jaguars is signing everybody. Um, But that's not a bad contract uh, for Evan Ingram. 
Um, and Kyle Rudolph was released. I don't think he's been picked up by uh, any other team yet. The Giants have also released uh, Devontae Booker, who uh, filled in admirably when Saquon Barkley got hurt last year again. So that's going to be a big loss for them. They've also released uh, veteran safety Logan Ryan, who I believe has signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So a lot of, a lot of uh, good pieces from last year's Giants team will be gone. But as we know, that Giants team did not lead to wins. So maybe they're not going to be sad to see those guys go. Not a whole lot of other big names coming and going from the Giants at this point in free agency. <clears throat> they lost Austin Johnson, a defensive tackle, to the Los Angeles Chargers. If you guys know anything about what they're doing over that Chargers defense, they're going to be filthy next year. They also traded for Khalil Mack. Uh, they signed J.C. Jackson. They already have had Joey Bosa and Derwin James in-house. So I know we're not talking AFC West here, but that Chargers defense is going to be ferocious next year. But I think the Giants still got some cap room, and as I said, they have uh, some draft capital. So expect the Giants to continue to make some moves and um, continue to build on this new regime. Like I said, I'm a big fan of, of what they're doing, and I expect the Giants to certainly be better than the last place team that they were in the NFC East in 2021. Next, I want to move to the Washington Commanders and talk about what I guess was the biggest splash in the NFC East thus far this offseason, and it was the Commanders trading for Commander Carson Wentz. Um, if you guys have been listening to the podcast the past couple years, um, you know on the intro that we famously call him Mr. Glass. He uh, has dealt with a litany of injuries over his career. But last year as a starter on the Colts, he had two bum ankles, but yet he played all 18 games, I believe. He did not get hurt. So I think this is a good move for Washington. I got to be honest. Uh, they traded Carson as well as a 2022 second round pick to the Colts in exchange Excuse me, that's what the Commanders received. They sent to Indianapolis a third-round pick this year, a third-round pick next year, and a second-round pick this year. So they didn't give a whole give up a whole lot to get him. So I think this is a nice move um, for the Washington front office. If, if he's going to be healthy, and that's a big if, I think this is the best position that the Commander franchise has been in with a quarterback since Alex Smith was upright and healthy two years ago, and they won on that five-game winning streak, won the division, and hosted a playoff game. And even if Carson Wentz does get hurt, as he so often does, think about this, guys. You, you already have Taylor Heineke in-house. The locker room loves Taylor Heineke. This is a kid who started a playoff game and went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Tom Brady. He's won football games in this league. He's no stranger to coming off the bench um, in a pressure situation. So if, if Taylor Heineke has to be your starter for two, three, even four games, I think that you can rest assured that he is going to at least keep you afloat. The bottom is not going to fall out of the franchise, and you're not going to go on an epic losing streak. So I think the commanders are sitting pretty at the quarterback position right now. But I know, um, shout out to our favorite uh, commander fan other than George, of course, John Warman. And I have been um, going back and forth this entire offseason. And there's been a lot of movement for Washington. They've lost a lot of big names. Uh, Tim Settle, defensive tackle for them, uh, was signed by the Buffalo Bills. Uh, they call Tim Settle the forgotten man because, of course, in the interior of that defense, you have John Allen, you have Jerron Payne. 
Uh, Matt Ioannidis was in there as well. He was released. So there's some some depth on that defensive line that, that's out the door. Ricky Seals-Jones, I already talked about. The Giants stole him uh, for an in-division move right there. And by far the biggest loss is Brandon Sheriff, the all-pro guard for the football team. I believe he's the only member of Washington who made the Pro Bowl last year. He got a big contract from Jacksonville. Now, as I said, with the Evan Ingram deal, uh, Jacksonville signing everybody. I mean, for God's sake, they gave like $70 million to Christian Kirk. So they're not exactly spending their money wisely over in Jayville. But I think this was a great signing for them. They needed to shore up that offensive line with a young quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. And Brandon Sheriff is going to do that. Um, to replace Brandon Sheriff, they signed Andrew Norwell, who was on the Panthers last year. He was on the Jags. He is a guard much like Brandon Sheriff. So I'm assuming they, you know, hypothetically, the, the giant, excuse me, the football team and the Jaguars just swapped guards. But of course, Norwell is not nearly to the pedigree of Brandon Sheriff. So it's going to be a downgrade on the offensive line. And uh, when you have a fragile quarterback in Carson Wentz, that could be a red flag. The Commanders also released, uh, excuse me, I'm getting my notes together here. Eric Flowers, another guard. They released a couple safeties to Shazier Everett, who I believe is in a little bit of trouble with the law, and Landon Collins, who a couple years ago was a big money free agent who came over from the Giants. I know he floated between the safety and linebacker position last year. And I know George did not like Landon, but as the season progressed, I thought he played pretty well. So I'm definitely going to keep my eye to see where uh, he ends up in free agency. Um, and a big move I thought that, that Washington made was initially – Losing J.D. McKissick, he signed with the Bills, but then he went back, thought about it, and re-signed with the Commanders. The reason I think this is such a huge move for Washington is Buffalo the past couple years has been a couple plays away from the AFC Championship and or the Super Bowl. I mean, that is a winning culture. If you were going to go to Buffalo, you're going to be playing deep into the season meaningful playoff games. And for a guy like McKissick, who is so valuable to this team for what he does out of the backfield, such a versatile weapon when you mix him in there with Antonio Gibson, that, that's going to provide Carson Wentz a really nice running game. Uh, for him to come back to Washington, I, see, I think that says something about the culture that Ron Rivera is building for the commanders. So I think that's a really good sign that J.D. decided to come back. So I know that George and all of my Washington fans are very happy about that. And other than that, they've been pretty quiet. They signed Cam Sims, who's really more of like a number four receiver, but he's a big body, and he's made some plays in this league. I know George is a big fan of Cam, and uh, the Commander fans are happy to have him in-house. But we will see. I believe Washington has the number 11 pick in the draft. I think they got to go with a weapon. I would take one of the wide receivers out of Ohio State. Uh, Garrett Wilson, maybe a Chris Olave, uh, Drake London, a wide receiver on USC. I think you got to get another weapon for your new quarterback, but, but we will see. Like I said, we'll do a little mock draft for you guys here next month and uh, see what the expert has to uh, say about the Washington Commanders and their first-round pick. Next, I want to go to my Dallas Cowboys. And guys, I'm not going to pound the table and say, how about them Cowboys, because I've been pretty disappointed thus far in the free agency period for the Dallas Cowboys. It was only a few days ago where 31 
of the 32 NFL teams had signed a free agent. The one team that hadn't, the Dallas Cowboys. This is Jerry Jones, guys. Uh, he's known for making big deals. He He's brought guys over like Deion Sanders and Terrell Owens. He traded Herschel Walker back in the day to get a bunch of draft picks who ended up being, oh, Emmett Smith, Troy Aikman, Michael Irvin, the guys who led us to three Super Bowls in the 90s. And now we're relegated to being the only team in the league who has yet to make a move. Now they have made two signings, three total, I, I should say. They, they re-signed DeMarcus Lawrence. He was still under contract, but he was going to be a huge cap hit. So they gave him a three-year, $30 million extension, which gives us, gives us some cap room immediately. So that was a nice move by the Jones family, although I'm disappointed overall. i got to give credit where it's due. We've also signed James Washington, a wide receiver from the Steelers. He's a playmaker. I think he's a, he's a deep threat. The past couple years in Pittsburgh, he um, has been quiet, but let's be honest, Big Ben's arm was kind of shot. He wasn't pushing the ball downfield. He was throwing dig routes to Deontay Johnson. So I think James Washington could be a nice piece. If he's my number four receiver, I'm not mad at it. And we signed Dante Fowler from the Atlanta Falcons. Dante Fowler, I believe he's a Pinellas County kid. I think he went to Lakewood High School. I know CT will correct me if I'm wrong on that, but I do know he was a Florida Gator. <clears throat> he's been inconsistent um, in, his, in his young NFL career. A couple years ago when he was on the Rams, I believe he had like 15 sacks. But when you're playing with Aaron Donald, you uh, you know tend to get uh, your way to the quarterback a little easier. So the past couple seasons on Atlanta, I think last year he had like five and a half sacks. He's more of a rotational pass rusher. So James Washington and Dante Fowler are not going to replace the two guys I'm about to talk about, which make me upset that they're gone. First and foremost, one of my favorite players, my girlfriend's favorite player, Amari Cooper. Babe, I am so sorry that Coop is gone. Just last year, I bought you a legit Amari Cooper jersey for your birthday. It, guys, this was a beautiful jersey. Um, the dark blue traditional Cowboys jersey, um, stitched official had the 1960 patch on it. This is this is a work of art, and now it's gone. We might as well donate it to the Goodwill. Um, and we, we trade Coop to the Cleveland Browns for, I think, a fifth-round pick. This is one of the best route runners in football, people. Um, and I think even though C.D. Lamb led the, the team in most categories last year, I still think Amari Cooper was our best wide receiver. He was our d wide receiver one. And I, to play devil's advocate, as I talk to myself here, um, <laughs> Omari Cooper was overpaid, as Jerry Jones so often likes to do. He overpays players. He pays good players great money. So I think that Coop was getting probably a little too much money. So you could say rather than releasing him and just having to eat some of that dead cap space, we find a trade partner in Cleveland, and now they have to deal with it. So I can understand it from that perspective. But now I see that the Cleveland Browns have restructured Amari Cooper's contract, and now they're going to save, I believe, $15 million. Jones family, why the hell couldn't we do that? Unbelievable. But honestly, uh, Coop, you've done nothing but good things since you came over from the Raiders, and I wish you the best of luck. You got Deshaun Watson throwing the football to you in Cleveland, so I think we'll see um, a Pro Bowl season out of Amari Cooper next year. Another guy that we lost that has me just shaking my head. 
Randy Smoke Dog Gregory. How dare you, young man? One of the first days of free agency, I'm scrolling through uh, the NFC East Feast Instagram. If you guys don't follow us on Instagram, it is uh, NFC underscore East underscore Feast. I post a lot of content. I've been posting um, all of the free agent moves on our story. If you enjoy the podcast and you have Instagram, I think that you will enjoy the account. So please do follow. Um, But I see on our NFC East Instagram that the Cowboys signed Randy Gregory to a five-year, $70 million deal. I'm like, oh, wow, they they paid Smoke Dog some big money. But, I mean, when the guy has been able to be on the field, he's been ultra-productive, especially last year. He had a career year, so I was like, let's go. Less than 15 minutes later, I get an update. No, Randy Gregory is not signing with my Dallas Cowboys. He's signing with the Denver Broncos. I'm like, what the hell is going on? And apparently... Randy was upset with the language of the contract, which stated if Randy Gregory were to miss any games due to off-field suspensions like a PED or a drug use, as you guys know, the, the, the NFL has outlawed marijuana testing. That's why Randy was able to, able to play a full game last year. But if we go back just a couple years when you would pop for pot, you were out for three or four games. He did that with such a frequency that I don't think he ever played a full season up until last year. And guess what, Randy? When you were playing 8 to 10 games a year, Jerry Jones was still paying you a full 16-game salary. So the Jones family was very loyal to you. And although you continued to let us down time after time with off-field infractions, we still paid you. And how do you pay us back? You get upset about the language of a contract, which, by the way, wasn't exclusive to Randy Gregory. I believe every Dallas Cowboy other than Dak Prescott has this language in their contract. So he goes and signs the exact same contract, five years, $70 million, with the Denver Broncos. Now, again, I kind of get it (laughs) from Randy's perspective. First of all, the guy's a stoner. He's going to be in Colorado. Hello. You know, that's that's a win-win for him. And, you know, the Broncos are going to be big time. They made a move for Russell Wilson. Uh, I know they already have, like, the third best odds to win the AFC. So when you compare him with a Bradley Chubb over there in Denver, I think he's going to fit just nicely. But um, the way that he left just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. I know it left a bad taste in uh, in Jerry Jones' mouth as well. Uh, We've also lost, who else? Jesus. Um, Cedric Wilson. The Dolphins gave him like a three-year, $22 million contract. I think that's a pretty value uh, value contract. Um, But I was hoping, and I understood that if we let Coop go, which as we traded him, we would then have enough money to sign Michael Gallup and Cedric Wilson. We couldn't do it. Miami gave him the money. He's on the South Beach. Have fun with Tua throwing you the football there, Cedric. But we did sign Michael Gallup, and I saw Pro Football Focus ranked the Michael Gallup contract, which was five years, $57 million. They ranked that as the number one value contract. Now, a little bit of that is probably because he's coming off of a torn ACL, but I'm glad that he gave us a little bit of a hometown discount, and now he's going to step in as our wide receiver too, which I'm not mad at, but we certainly do need to draft a weapon or two in April. We've lost Connor Williams to the Miami Dolphins. Not too sad to see him go. Some of his PFF stats are good. Like, he's highly graded. But he's one of those guys that in big situations, kind of like Randy Gregory, too, they will draw a penalty. Last year in the, in the playoff game, Randy Gregory had a brutal offsides and, and, and a late hit. 
Um, Connor Williams loves to jump off sides, loves to hold in crucial situations. So I'm not really sad to see um, Connor Williams go. Who I am sad to see go is Lyle Collins. We released him, of course, because we got another another uh, cap casualty, and he signed with the Cincinnati Bengals. And it was the coolest press conference. He was like, "Joe Burrow, just know that your press, your uh, your uh, your bodyguards here. Nobody's gonna touch you." And he's that kind of guy. Last year, when the Cowboys were playing the football team, I believe Jamin Davis hit Dak out of bounds. It wasn't too dirty of a hit, but the first person there was Lyle Collins to have his quarterbacks back. He's that kind of dude. He's a protector, and we're going to miss him. So Lyle Collins is out the door. We also released Blake Jarwin, but we put the franchise tag on Dalton Schultz, so um, we still have our, our starting tight end. And we released Greg Zerline. Not sad to see Greg Zerline go. We, he cost us a few football games last year, so I can make a strong argument if Greg Zerline just makes his kicks. We would be a higher seed in the playoffs. We avoid the San Francisco 49ers. Maybe we make a little bit of a run, but that could just be being a homer as well. Um, but we did re-sign Brian Anger, who's one of the better punters in the league. So I was, I was happy for that. But other than that, not a whole lot of splashes for my Dallas Cowboys. We re-signed we re Malik Hooker, who uh, gives us some depth at the safety position. And we re-signed Leighton Van Der Esch, who flashed as a rookie. I thought this guy was going to be a game changer, a Pro Bowl level player. Um, he's regressed since then. He's had some neck uh, issues, um, some injuries. So he's still a good player. We got him on a decent contract. And one more guy before we move off of the Dallas Cowboys we got on a great contract was J. Ron Curse. J. Ron Curse played at a Pro Bowl level last year for the Dallas Cowboys. He led the NFL in tackles for loss for defensive backs. And he had the lowest missed tackle percentage in the NFL at only 3.3%. Had some interceptions as well, too. He also wears the green dot. He calls the plays for the Cowboys. He's a leader both on the field and on the sideline. So I'm very happy to have J. Ron Curse back. But all in all, disappointed with my Dallas Cowboys offseason. I hope that we make another move or two and obviously draft well. But as it stands right now, I think we are going to take a step back. The rest of the division is going to take a step forward. And we're going to have another clusterfuck at the top of the NFC East. Excuse my language. But let's finish up with the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, so far in the offseason, they, I believe, brought the biggest piece of the entire division over, and that was signing Hassan Reddick, outside linebacker, pass rusher from the Carolina Panthers. He spent most of his career um, in Arizona playing for the Cardinals, where I believe he tied an NFL record when he had five sacks in one game. He's a game-breaker, man. And uh, pop quiz for everyone. Where did Hassan Reddick go to college? Give you a second. Temple University, which is in Philadelphia. So this is a homecoming for Hassan. I expect him to have a huge year for the Eagles. Great signing by GM Howie Roseman, who was also rewarded with a three-year contract extension. So I think that's good. I expected the Eagles to be a dumpster fire last year. The fact that Howie Roseman was able to get this roster to the playoffs, I think he deserves it. The Eagles uh, cut Fletcher Cox initially but then brought him back in a one-year deal. He's, uh, I mean, that guy's been an Eagle bef before the Super Bowl. He was a part of the Super Bowl team with Nick Foles. Um, so he just, he bleeds Philly green. So I know they're happy to have him back in house. Other than that, Philadelphia has been relatively quiet. They did lose linebacker Alex Singleton, who was a nice piece for their defense. He signed with the Broncos. They also lost defensive tackle Hassan Ridgeway. He signed with the San Francisco 49ers. They re-signed uh, Greg Ward. A decent wide receiver for them. And um, they also 
recently signed, excuse me, uh, Zach Paschal from the Philadelphia, uh, fr- from the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts have had a merry-go-round at quarterback the past couple of years, but Zach Paschal has been pretty consistent for them. He's got a nose for the end zone. So the dude makes plays, and I think that's a good signing for him. He might end up being their wide receiver too. I loved uh, Devontae Smith, their rookie out of Alabama last year as a wide receiver one, but we all know our boy Jalen Rager is a little bit of a bust, so maybe Pascal will step in and be a starter immediately for them. We shall see. Um, but other than that, Eagles have been, relative, as I said, relatively quiet. There's still another you know, month or so before the draft, and there's some, some really good free agents still available out there. you got guys like Bobby Wagner, who I hope my Cowboys get. doesn't sound like it's going to happen. Teron Armstead, um, the Pro Bowl left tackle for the New Orleans Saints. Jadavian Clowney still out there. Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger. So there still could be some uh, some new faces uh, in new places. So stay tuned. As I said, please follow the Instagram. I'll keep you guys updated on all of the moves. And in April, we'll do the mock draft special. And then May, June, July, August, we will drop a team preview for. Um, we'll do one team every month, obviously. And before you know it, guys, we're right back in to the 2022 NFL season. So it's 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 wild. As I said, this offseason has been just insane with all of the talent getting released, traded, or re-signed. It's, it's, uh, it's been fun as a football fan. I know all of you listen to this are football fans. So I hope that you've enjoyed uh, this offseason as much as I have. I hope you've enjoyed uh, this podcast. If um, if you already knew some of these names from following the IG, I appreciate you just uh, just giving us a download. If I was able to give you some new information, you know, you're welcome. So we love you all, and thank you as always for listening to the NFC East. Free!